Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host Corey from Corey's Digs. How are you doing, Corey? Doing good. How about you? Doing all right. It's snowing here. First no. time. Yes. <laughs> wow, it's, it's in the seventies here today, and I'm in a very cold place. So wild. Yep, it is no a wild. No weather modifications going on at all. <laughs> no, it's climate change, Corey. <laughs> it's climate change. Uh, we, which we have something, something to say about towards the end of this. Yeah, we got a lot of topics on the docket for today, um, including the climate hoax. But first up, we're going to talk about Brazil elections. Lots going on in Brazil to go over, as well as some new leaked documents on DHS meetings about, quote, disinformation. Oh, Lord. Yep. Um, EcoHealth Alliance, they're back in the news again. The DOD huh. is funding them to study weapons of mass destruction. That should be reassuring Fantastic. for everybody. Yeah, we got to talk about this Biden speech this week because they're just desperate. So Yeah, I suffered through that. Fortunately, it was pretty short and I was able to get some cleaning done while I had to listen to that. Yep. And true the vote patriots Catherine, Engel Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips have been arrested in connection with this whole Konek thing. We'll go over that. And That's then awful. you've yeah, you've got some a couple announcements um, posted on Corey's digs to go over and some things that you've been working on as well. So, yeah, I've been working on so much behind the scenes with coordinating phone calls and interviews. And I have an interview James and I are doing tomorrow for the solution series. We have some really good episodes coming up with that. I have a conference call on Monday uh, to schedule some, another person and um, just some some unique ones. So I'm excited about that. And uh, I've been working on still gathering research for part two of Laundering with Immunity while at the same time working on a short article that ties into that but pertains to a few of the organizations in the list in part one I put out. And uh, shout out to Mercola for republishing part one because it's really critical information. So when people get that out, I super appreciate it. And, uh, and then I'm also working on, uh, one of my readers, thank you. I, I don't like to say names cause I never know if, you know, people want to be d discreet. So, uh, but they sent me <clears throat> a piece of information out of the white house that I had missed cause I've been super busy. And so I'm actually writing something up on that and that pertains to food supply. And, uh, so I'm hoping to have that out. I should have that out early in the middle of next week. And then I know you're working on a piece that pertains to this whole energy climate hoax um, that we're aiming for either end of next week or the following week. And this week we put out um, the Rogue Food Conference, which is a really cool conference. If people haven't been to it before, I've been to it twice now. So this one is December 9th and 10th in uh, at Flat Rock Farms in Lewisburg, Tennessee. And so I have the links in here to it. You got John Moody, Joel Salatin, uh, Thomas Massey's going to be there. Michael Kilpatrick, uh, Bradley. I can't even read what, what's Bleed, Bleasdale. Bleasdale. Okay. And Sean Day. Um, and they have exhibitors too. And it's, it's just, it's a fun group of people. Um, you learn a lot. It's entertaining. They have some exhibitors there too, some vendors, 
So it's cool. And you know, you're, you're out on a farm. So that makes it even, even more fun because you're out in nature. Yeah. And they're Uh, talking, they're talking about really important topics about how to be basically, um, grow your own food, distribute your own food, despite all these government regulations and how to be really successful at it. So I think it's got probably a lot of good advice. These guys are really savvy at how to, how to get around a lot of stuff. So uh, anyone who's doing homesteading or small farms or just wanting to learn, or if you're nearby and you want to go to a really cool event, uh, I would check this out for sure. And then we also, uh, published the, uh, poor, poor Miriam that I've never seen anyone so censored in my life. <clears throat> Her sites are constantly being attacked. Videos constantly going down as fast as, as you formatted this for me, Edge. Her Vimeo video had gotten taken down and then she got it put back up, but it's just, you know, the YouTube one was taken down. And so this is on the, um, the George Floyd documentary she's that she's trying to wrap up for Thanksgiving and, uh, she could really use people's support. So go to her, give, send, go help her out a little bit with this. She's asking for such a minimal amount, just, just to cover the video editing. And it's, it's brilliant. It's going to be a brilliant documentary. You can tell just by the 10 minute screener she did there. And then uh, Friday, we have um, an article posting just to update people on the status of the uh, Google, the lawsuit against Google by Sarah Westall, Amazing Polly, Sean at SGT, uh, Red Pill. Gosh, there's like a dozen of them. So uh, be sure to keep an eye out for that. They also could use your support. They're in the ninth district court right now, uh, hoping to move up to the Supreme Court. They're, they've made some good headway and she's got all the case documentation in their give, send, go and the, and the video footage and everything. So that's one definitely to support because, um, you know, censorship is only getting worse. Yep. So that's, you know. all on Corey'sDigs.com, you can check out all of those announcements that were put out this week. Yes. Just trying to trying to help everyone out. Everyone's working together to get each other's information out. I love it. So tell us what's going on with, uh, well, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the Biden speech or you want to start with... Um, I think we should start with Brazil, Brazil because I think yeah. that Brazil is a lot of the reason why Biden and the Democrats are freaking out right now. Um, they know they're going to lose. But so what's happening in Brazil... Uh, Bolsonaro for a long time has been calling out the potential for fraud and the need for paper ballots. And, uh, you know, this this battle that he's been fighting for a long time about how the elections can be, be manipulated has been going on for quite some time. This is nothing new, but he's been battling just and this is why they call him the, the Tropicana Trump or the Trump of the Tropicanas, because, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of similarities. You know, he's battling a corrupt Congress, a corrupt court system, um, all of this, and also with intervention from the CIA. So I just wanted to give mm-hmm. a little bit of backstory here um, about how Bolsonaro has been raising the alarm bells on uh, the manipulation of the machines and how easy that is and how he wanted paper ballots quite some time ago, but he wasn't able to get that done. So then they bring Lula in because, of course, 
Lula, he's he was the former president uh, of Brazil, but he was convicted of corruption and bribery charges and he even served time. <laughs> and um, but, but since Lula is this communist World Economic Forum stooge and Bolsonaro presents such a threat to the Great Reset plans, the corrupt court system annulled Bols- uh, Lula's um, conviction so that he could run against Bolsonaro. And everyone wants to vote for that, right? Right, sure. right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please make him our president again. Yeah, so so anyways, then we have the courts. They've been very pro Lula all along. And let me first go back to the CIA. So the CIA has been involved in meddling in Brazil's election for months. And this is nothing new for the CIA, right? This is uh, something the CIA is right. known for, especially in South American countries. Uh, but, you know, this this election cycle was definitely no exception. The U.S. Central Intelligence Agency director last year told the Brazilian officials that President Bolsonaro should stop casting doubt in the country's voting system ahead of the October election. So the CIA was getting <laughs> their hands in this. And then the courts were, too, even uh, the, the court system. So the Supreme Electoral Court, which is like our Federal Election Commission, they yeah. gave themselves broad powers during this election cycle to intimidate, censor, and fine and even jet jail critics of the election system in order to attempt to check the powers of Bolsonaro and his supporters in the media. So there was a lot of power behind uh, ousting Bolsonaro. It seemed like he had everything but the military and the people's support. I mean, like he had the right. people's support and the military support, but everything else has been against him. Right. So uh, Bolsonaro's defense ministry. Well, there's been a lot of talk about military intervention and Bolsonaro's defense ministry did conduct a review of the voting system a while back, but they never put out a report yet. And huh. since there is this a lot of speculation about military intervention at this point and whether or not they're going to conduct an audit on the election, but Bolsonaro and the military, to my knowledge, have not, they've been silent on it since the election. Huh. So there is quite a bit of uh, of speculation as to whether or not that's happening. But since the election, uh, since the results were announced, hundreds, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people have taken to the streets, pro-Bolsonaro protesters taking to the streets, surrounding military bases, calling for military intervention. Uh, What they see is a stolen election. Right. And if so, I mean, just look at some of this footage. This no, that doesn't happen, Edge. No such thing. <laughs> you're only it, allowed to say that if you're a Democrat or Hillary Clinton. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They're not election deniers. We are, but look, I mean, we, you can. We look should at this- show that clip of Hillary in case people missed it. Wow, look at all those people. I mean, city after city, you see <clears throat> just hundreds of thousands of people showing up. It's really incredible. And so if you look at the election results, it does raise questions. Bolsonaro was ahead uh, by a good margin um, in the early 
you know, hours of counting. Mm -hmm. He had a strong lead at first and then slowly and very methodically, almost as though a computer algorithm was in charge, <laughs> gave Lua a very slight lead. Not too much yeah. of, an, of a lead to be obvious, but a slight lead there, mm -hmm. right, right at the very end. And it looks very, very similar to the same um, uh, pattern that we saw during the first round of elections, which narrowed it down to Bolsa and Bolsonaro and Lula. Yeah. But um, so Bolsonaro came out this week in his first speech since the election. And the media was trying to say that, oh, he's going to concede. And he but he did not concede. <laughs> he did not concede. He did not congratulate Lula. He welcomed the peaceful protesters. He condemned any violence or disruptive methods that are that typically the, the left uses. Right. And he just simply said he'd follow the Constitution. However, his staff member said that they were beginning the transition process. So, but the protesters saw this speech as a sign of hope because he did not concede and he encouraged their peaceful protests. Right. And in some videos, what we're seeing is, um, you know, it looks like the military appears to be uh, sympathetic to the cause. Here are the hundreds of thousands of protesters standing out of sight of the military base. A small child brings the military a bouquet of flowers. He salutes. It's all very, you know, much a, an emotional moment for yeah. these Brazilians. But it looks like the military does seem to be at least sympathetic to the cause of the Brazilian people. However, on the other hand, I've seen videos where the police, it looks like local police have been very authoritarian. So, mm. yeah, so very interesting to see what's happening in Brazil. And obviously, um, I've heard time and time again of all the comparisons of the Trump of the tropics to what happened to Trump in 2020. I mean, it's just like the same damn playbook. Right. Uh, but people do still have hope there that something um, something is going to happen before the inauguration of Lula. So um, we'll see. We shall see. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I think, you know, I was talking with some people just a couple of weeks back saying that that they're going to steal this. I mean, the writing was on the wall. We knew that they we knew we all saw this coming. Yeah. So, ah. Very frustrating. Yes, indeed, very frustrating. And as I said, Bolsonaro represents such a huge, huge threat to them and um, their agenda with regards to the Great Reset. I mean, he was really a thorn in their side that, uh, you know, they had to get rid of. But Right. Um, over so on, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to go into Biden's speech. Did you want to go into something else? Yeah, we can talk about Biden's speech if I can find it. I mean, it was, it was, you know, <laughs> it was just one big projection. It was a joke. Um, he referred to the ballot box as a battle box. So I thought that was kind of funny. He, he couldn't get the words out right on that. <laughs> uh, the battle box. So, you know, essentially he's we already knew he was going to go into this using the Pelosi event and, and tying it to January 6th and ranting on about extremism and how 
we need to just, he must have said, we the people uh, a dozen times throughout this, which just made me cringe every time. And it was one one giant projection piece about basically everyone needs to just accept the outcome that you are not allowed to question it. You need to accept it. And he said something about there are over 300 election deniers on the ballot right now. Yeah. If I'm recalling that correctly, I think that's what he said. But, um, and then he kept referring to the, um, like, how dare anyone say that the 2020 election had been stolen. It's the big lie. Right. So basically, uh, oh, and, and I think really the only key thing out of it was that once again, reiterating that, you know, so many people vote that unlike years past, now these things take time to count. So we're not going to get the outcome on election day. It's going to take a few days for them to finagle all their steals before they make the final announcements. And then everyone needs to accept it. This is what they at the DHS Ministry of Truth would describe as pre-bunking, meaning you're getting ahead of what you know is going to happen. You're going you're setting up the steel (laughs) and you're pre-bunking anyone who is going to contest the steel. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's what they're obviously doing. A few key points here on his uh, speech this week. Um, Number one, this is his final plea, his final closing argument to the public. It's not even, hey, vote for us, the Democrats. It's, hey, we're going to steal the election. And (laughs) if you raise any questions about it, you're a violent right wing extremist like the Pelosi attacker. That's one. That's one point. That's how desperate they are. They're not even trying to get votes at this point. They know they're going to lose. And the only hope that they have is stealing it. And they're admitting it right here in this speech. The second point I want to make is that do you think and this I'm sure a lot of people this crossed their mind. Do you think what happened with Pelosi was a setup for this speech? Yep. Yeah, that's my gut. I said that before, before I even was trying to find the link to stream this, because I don't have cable. I'm like, I already know he's going to use the Pelosi thing. That was all a setup so that he could use this in this speech and try and make it seem like, you know, right wing extremists, which I haven't even reviewed all the video footage and the whole story behind all of that, because it just went haywire. And I'm in the middle of moving. So things are a little crazy here. Uh, But obviously, there's... um, a major disinformation there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I have that question in the back of my mind as well. I know that they are so freaking evil that they're, I wouldn't put anything past them, but that is just sick. That is just mm-hmm. sick. Well, and the other thing too is then tying it to January 6th, keep, to try to keep hammering that, and then mentioning others who had been... Um, I can't even remember the names specifically, but they were Democrats where he's mentioning others. Well, what about like Rand Paul or what about, right. What about Republicans who have been attacked during, you know, the last couple years of all this insanity? Yep. We're not going to mention any of that. 
Oh no, no. I wish um, we had. What about you... what about Hillary Clinton herself? Oh, you being do the have election a... denier. Yes, <laughs> I mean... yes. I think we need to play this with audio because I don't know how many people actually saw this, but just uh, pull the words right out of her mouth. All right. Here we go. I'm going to play it with the audio. Here it comes. It's gonna... I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay if the words come out of her mouth. Look at that face. Ugh. And um, any Democrats can say it. I mean, there's clip after clip after clip. It's just hypocrisy. So. Oh, to the to the extreme. Yeah. 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 So, so going to the whole disinformation topic, perfect segue to some really important documents that were leaked this week. And this is coming from The Intercept. I'm kind of surprised. Um, they're not particularly known for being right-wing or anything like that, I don't think. Right. But um, so these leaked documents um, published in The Intercept this week, we found out that the DHS, the FBI, CISA, which is the cybersecurity arm of the National Security apparatus uh big tech and even banks have been coordinating on censorship and this was after dhs claimed that they shut down the ministry of truth so mm. they're having meeting they've got meeting notes all linked in here of the leaked documents meeting notes and emails discussing their coordination with facebook and twitter Facebook even had, uh, with these meetings, they had opened a portal uh, specifically for DHS and government officials <clears throat> to report specifically to Facebook whatever they deemed to be disinfo. So they saw if they saw something on Facebook, they could enter it into this portal and boop, Facebook gets the this direct communication with DHS and other government officials mm -hmm. on what needs to be censored. And so JP Morgan Chase in there. Yep. Yep. I'm going to, I'm <laughs> going to get to that. So some of the specific topics that they talk about uh, censoring include, of course, the origins of COVID. Why would they want to cover that up? Hmm. Well, uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking these documents are really going to help uh, Sarah Westall and, and all of their, their yep. case, you know, because yes, I mean, will. that's, that's part of their argument is, you know, the whole, to 230 law well you were writing it up so you know more about it than me but I, this is definitely going to help their case yeah their case is all about how the government coerced big tech to censor these people um on youtube leading up to the 2020 election and these are all of our friends that got cut off of youtube yeah. Um, during that, and they're going through the court system, hoping to get uh, to the Supreme Court, and they're making headway right now in the Ninth Circuit. And their, their argument is that Section 230 immunity doesn't apply when big tech is acting on behalf of the federal government. And right. yes, these leaked documents would definitely support that argument, because here we have a direct portal between DHS and Facebook, and DHS oh. is telling Facebook what to censor. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, but yep. Ah, sorry, I can't get the word out. Specific topics <laughs> that they want to censor include COVID origins, um, the jabs and all the adverse events and dangers of the jabs, racial justice, the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support in to Ukraine, meaning anyone who criticizes the billions being laundered through Ukraine to prop up this proxy war. <laughs> so how dare us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, J.P. Morgan Chase was present practically at all of these meetings, huh. which leads us to believe that the whole idea of debanking is certainly, you know, present here. It's it's. It seems to be it's absolutely part of the plan. I mean, it, consider that J.P. Morgan Chase just recently debanked Com- Kanye West for comments he made on social media. Mm-hmm. So here now we have J.P. Morgan Chase attending all of these meetings with the government about censoring. And then they go in and debank very famous people who make comments on social media. Yeah. So it's all connecting. And these documents are very important because they are showing the internal workings, these meetings. These meetings were going on and have been going on biweekly um, on shutting down free speech as recently as August. So um, and one other thing to note that's important is that um, the FBI agent who was responsible for getting the um the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story um censored prior to the 2020 election he's been heavily involved in these DHS discussions mm-hmm. and meetings mm-hmm. so of course mm-hmm. and we know from Zuckerberg's own statements that it was actually the FBI who told Facebook to censor the laptop story so again we have all of these connections and these leaked documents really do confirm that so um but we knew when dhs said they when they got exposed for their ministry of truth and said oh we're shutting it down we knew that they were lying this is simply just confirmation right of that so of us conspiracy theorists being right over and over and over again yeah i I never get sick of it (laughs) 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 because every time we are right and the mainstream media is wrong um uh, that breaks the it breaks the illusion and one more person wakes up and says hold on a second if they lied about this then they lied about something else what else did they lie about Yeah. Hey, if we have to do it one person at a time, we're in it for the long haul. There we go. There we go. Might take a while, but. <laughs> and one of the big lies. That but they... it all leads to non-compliance on, on so many different fronts, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It leads to the next emergency, whatever it is, where they tell everybody everything has to shut down and we have to do this whole you know global initiative because of an emergency maybe people will stop and say you know what uh, i don't think so I'm not doing yep. it this time yeah we're getting yeah. all the damn digital ids and biometrics and all the other crap yep 
But first, it it starts with uncovering how the many, many ways we've been lied to. Mm -hmm. And here is a perfect example, um, Eco Health Alliance. Now, I'm sure our listeners are familiar, but just to refresh you, Eco Health mm -hmm. Alliance is at the center of the Wuhan bioweapon. Okay, and just uncovering everything that Eco Health Alliance and our own government um, and our own um, academic institutions were involved in with the development of the bioweapon out of Wuhan that was released on the world and caused this entire shift towards the Great Reset. So Eco Health Alliance is just, you know, really at the center of all of that. Well, come to find out, the Department of Defense is still funding EcoHealth Alliance, Shocker. and they're still getting government contracts. And this is going. This is the kicker here. Department of Defense has awarded EcoHealth a contract to research bio threat weapons of mass destruction, mm -hmm. and come up with ways to combat it. Mm -hmm. Wow! So create them. Create some more of them. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So here is the actual I mean, rant. you can't study it to combat it unless you're creating them. Bingo. Exactly. So the DOD grant shows EcoHealth received funding from the DOD for this research as recently as last month. December, or I'm sorry, uh, September 30th was the last one. And you Crazy. can see here, bio threat. They're talking about bio threats. And this particular grant is with regards to combating weapons of mass destruction. I wonder if Elle has seen this yet. Because her and I have both covered Eco Alliance in the past. I don't know. But... I'll have to send that to her. She's probably seen it. When you combine this new information with information that we learned last month about EcoHealth Alliance and Boston University getting awarded a million dollars from the National Science Foundation. <laughs> to, to predict pre and prevent future pandemics. I'm sorry. And then I don't boom. Mean to laugh, but it's freaking comical at this point. Right. And then boom, Boston University creates this super mutant strain with 80% kill rate. Huh. Hmm. huh. And then you look at the actual research paper and, oh, look, yeah, it's the National Institute of Health, Fauci's NIH and NIAD who partially funded this research. And, and in the story I had covered, EcoHealth Alliance met with Gates and other uh, corrupt cronies in Africa prior to just a few months before this wonderful release to shuffle around millions and millions of dollars. So, yeah. yeah. It's sick. So they're getting paid by our own defense department to create bioweapons, essentially. Yeah. And it's sick. I mean, considering everything we know about the Wuhan bioweapon, it should be extremely alarming, alarming that the defense department is funding a study of Biothreat Weapons of Mass Destruction by EcoHealth Alliance. Sick. Yeah. But as a side note, I thought I would throw this in here. Speaking of bioweapons, so Russia has been calling for the United Nations Security Council to do an investigation of bioweapons in Ukraine and <laughs> in the U.S., <laughs> and guess what dun, That's dun, dun, not dun. Happening. it was shut down mm -hmm. yeah so the u.s britain and france voted against it and everyone else other than russia and china abstained so they decided not to do an investigation and expose the 
bioweapons research the U.S. has been doing in Ukraine, in the U.S., and everywhere else. Of course. But they got it on record. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Yes, it's all pretty crazy. It's all unreal. And now we got the big energy push coming up. We've seen the massive, massive rollouts of the uh, climate change. It's funny because I go back to, do you remember when uh, Veritas released the footage of it? It was someone who worked at CNN. This was months ago. And he was talking about, well, now that we've gotten past this, now the big push is they're saying we're just going to flood the the news with everything about climate change. Do you remember that clip? Yep. 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 And boy, was that spot on because that's what they've been doing. They've been hammering the heck out of it. Everything pertains to, to climate change and climate action. So. So here we have uh, on the Department of State, uh, John Kerry talking about the upcoming COP27, which does it start this Sunday, Edge? I think it's on the the 6th. Yeah. And um, I mean, we could roll this clip. It's not overly exciting or informative terribly, but basically the gist is their whole goal is to make sure they keep it to where there's not more of a 1.5 rise in a degree in temperature. Right. And I'm thinking. And now, they need they need trillions more to do that, Corey. Sorry, oh, I know. We're not on our uh, target. We it, need it, trillions it, and trillions but, more but to do that. But the whole thing's a joke. It's hilarious. I'm trying to think back. I've, I've already researched this and gone over this. And I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere. But isn't it something like in the last hundred years, there's only been less than one degree rise i don't know it's so ridiculous minimal it's ridiculous they are huh it's it's all bullshit it's all (laughs) bullshit i'll tell you i mean they they'll tell you that we're not on target for their 1.5 degrees or whatever the hell it is Mm -hmm. and they need trillions more meanwhile they're crashing the economy yeah. And people are getting their, their energy is being rationed at this yeah. point. Yeah. And this is what they say. These are the words they use. No regrets. It's no regrets climate, you know, 2030 agenda. Meaning yeah. we don't care how many people get frozen this winter. We yeah. don't care how many people lose their jobs. We don't care how many um, shortages this causes of food and energy. What kind of rationing? In fact, that's our plan. This yeah, we're getting no rid of regrets. fossil fuels, whether you like it or not. And uh, we're going to make bank on this and we're going to kill off a lot of people. So so then just when was this? Just uh, yesterday, uh, well, on November 1st, the White House puts out this fact sheet that the U.S. and the UAE partnership to accelerate transition to clean energy. But you know what? Before I say this, do you have the link? Um, that you and I were looking at before on where people can go to find that because we're th- we're not positive, but we're thinking that this conference um, oh, might be streamed. COP26? Yeah. Oh, sorry, COP27? 27, yeah. It might be streamed live, but if not, I'm sure they're going to archive it. But they have a, a Twitter account and you can go to their link and uh, to access that page. So if you want to pay attention to this conference where they're going to discuss our demise. Um, that's coming up this Sunday. So so at any rate, the U.S. and the UAE, there's a lot going on in the UAE. 
partnership to accelerate transition to clean energy, calling it PACE. And they intend on putting, um, they want to move to ensure the swift and smooth transition toward clean energy and away from unabated fossil fuels. And the partnership is set to catalyze a hundred billion in financing investment and other support and to deploy globally 100 gigawatts of clean energy by 2035 to advance the energy transition and maximize climate benefits. And I'm not even going to read the rest of it because it's so damn irrelevant and redundant fluff because they can't tell you what the real agenda is. So they just keep repeating the same words throughout all of it, making it seem like they're really selling you on something. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That's the gist of it. So, but lots going on there in the trying to transition away from the fossil fuels. And uh, I came across this, I'm surprised I haven't come across this sooner, but this is a great resource page. I'm going to add this to my um, four diggers page on my site because this is uh, the UN energy page. And what they do is they have, everyone knows how I love my lists it's got the mega list on here. So these are all the energy compacts and you've got the member states, you've got the UN and intergovernmental organizations, the multi-stakeholders, non-governmental organizations, philanthropic organization, which of course is the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, academic institutions, CSO and youth, local and regional governments and private sector. And it is like the who's who of of taking down our energy systems and moving it into this so-called clean energy to um, essentially actually crush economies and uh, remove carbon emissions from the air and to our plant life and to us. And it it's, oh, it's horrific. So, what I like about this is in addition to this list, if you keep scrolling down, you've got, they list all the member states. They give you a little summary on what their compact is intending to do. A few of them have videos here, but I mean, this is pretty extensive. So if people want to stay up on this and pay attention to what projects, what pilot programs, what these asshats are up to, this is a great resource page. Um, to start with and to see the list of first off if if you have investments please make sure that you're not invested in any of these organizations listed here um and of course we've got you know google and microsoft and the world bank and irena and you know like i said it's a who's who of the climate hoax um of trying to control all of this so it's a pretty significant resource page. I thought people might find handy and might want to pay attention to this conference coming up because they're going all in on this crap. Yeah, most definitely. I'm going to be watching the COP27 to see what comes out of that. Um, and I'll have to report back to all of you listeners who just can't stand <laughs> watching that crap. But I guess it's important to see how they are laundering billions and trillions actually 
of our dollars when we are in the midst of a global economic crisis. Right. Well, not only that, as I scanned through this, and I haven't even had time to thoroughly assess this list, but as I scanned through it, right off the bat, I saw half a dozen of these are on my immunities list, immunities and exemptions from my, you know, laundering with immunity, the control framework. So now we've got we've got organizations that are pushing this climate hoax whose documents are technically inviolable. So, so they can put out and say whatever they want. You know, they're constantly throwing out irrational, ridiculous, fake statistics on things. We're going to save 2 million people if we reduce carbon emissions by da, 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 da. It's all hogwash. And so they just make this crap up on the surface, but then on the back end, you can't see any documentation. They can't be uh, audited. They have tax exemptions. I mean, these full immunities. So what does that tell you? Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You can't Um, even see where the trillions of dollars are going. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. So one more thing to discuss, um, and this is probably a good thing to, to close out because, um, we're heading into the election. It's very, very close. Uh, it's looking really good for us. Um, this, uh, this election cycle and pretty much every way it's looking really, really positive for us, really strong for us. And I think that's why, uh, you see the Democrats really freaking out, um, and they and know covering their asses for the steel. Exactly, exactly. So, in relation to that, um, I don't know um, if if I, hopefully you guys have been following this story about Konek, but true, the vote patriots Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips were arrested this week after refusing to turn over the identity of a witness to Konex's data being connected to Chinese servers. So to give you a little bit of the backstory, Konex is the election systems company with deep ties to the CCP, whose CEO was recently arrested. Mm-hmm. And this is all connecting to Greg and Catherine's work. Um, so the company was storing American election data on Chinese servers. And Greg and Catherine were shown some of this data. They're now being sued by Konek, and Konek wants the identities of everyone who was present at the time that they were shown this data. Hmm. And they've given over one identity, the identity of one person, but will not give over the identity of the other person who wasn't even the source of this data. He was just a witness. But for doing that, Greg and Catherine were arrested this week. So here's the statement. Unbelievable. Yeah, statement put out by True the Vote um, about their current status. True the Vote attorneys are expediting an appeal and seeking to have Engelbrecht and Phillips released. So that's where we're at. But right now they're sitting in jail. Um, their efforts in getting this information out um are just pivotal uh because because of this information getting out about Konek, the CEO being arrested, now everybody has eyes on Konek and this election data being stored on Chinese servers. It's been hugely important and they're terribly under attack um for getting this information out. So sending prayers and support 
to them. And also we can all play our role as far as just the mission focus of getting out the vote, bringing friends and family to vote, all of that. So um, just super, super important that we all play our own part and getting out the vote this, uh, this coming week. Absolutely. So, yeah. but I, I did want to mention for more information, a couple of resources. So Kenakoa the, uh, the great has a Substack, and he's been reporting on the whole Konek issue for some time. He's been following it very closely. So that's a great resource as well as yeah, he does good work. Mm-hmm. And Ivory Hecker is an independent journalist who has been actually even in the courtrooms, um, following the Konex story and you can follow her on her videos on rumble uh, for more Excellent. details yeah all right wow prayers prayers for them yeah yeah but i i think it's looking really really positive for us um i i am none under no illusions that you know that they're that they're planning to um to to steal this election i think that that's very obvious but i think that the numbers that we have are just so incredibly strong um you know it's looking really positive for us so we just used to have to play our part and get out the vote this this coming week so i'm excited excited to see what happens all right, guys. Wow. Next week, well, next week we're going to be recording, and we'll see if because uh, we record on Thursday, elections are Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see what's been tallied as of Thursday. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, but but Biden said it takes several days. I know. <laughs> yeah, that... only recently. I don't think it ever used to take several nope. days, did it? Nope. Nope. Never did. Never did so all right guys well thanks for joining us this week on dig it please be sure to share this podcast we're on BitChute, foxhole gab tv iheart radio odyssey pilled rumble soundcloud spotify stitcher tune in and we're no longer on youtube so please be sure to, to subscribe to those other platforms so you don't miss any podcasts and we'll see you back next time right here on dig it Thank you.